the true magic moments for me are when everyone is just listening to each other and that's when something spontaneous can happen that you don't plan out and that's when even the musicians are like holy shit what's going on right now and then you just try to stay in that moment and not lose it as long as you can and it's beautiful to be a part of and to watch it's like a weird backwards fucked up just like perfect kind of family it's weird you know it's you you meet these people who you know one of my favorite things is just running around and just meeting new people here and figuring out okay where are they from what's your story like how do you get into this stuff who, who, are the, who are the bands that you like and everyone's just so different you know but but there's that commonality that runs through everybody because this is why we're all in the same place and that's that's really cool to, to meet people who are about that it's awesome recorded live summer camp music festival 2021 shout out to summer camp fucking amazing festival unbelievable weekend we got to interview austin of electric orange peel and Derek of bear fuzz this weekend and yeah two epic columbus bands disclaimer we were not able to do this in video format so for all you used to listening on our youtube these videos we have we got just audio for this but anyways two awesome conversations with two amazing people without any further ado this is the Weird Music Podcast, y'all. I'm glad to be at summer camp. And uh, this weekend feels really magical. I have a feeling it's going to be my favorite summer camp ever. And we're about to slay our set today. Mm-hmm. Pinkies up, cold brewed down. Yeah. This is the Weird Music Podcast. We're making it happen. In what ways have psychedelics shaped not only your taste in music, but your approach to playing music? Uh... I don't even know how to answer that that's a deep question but i'd say psychedelics have everything to do with the type of music that i like to play and believe in i feel like to be a jam band that's doing type 2 improvisation you have to be connected to like the universe and you can't play well unless you're doing well and growing as a person and psychedelics help you tap into that energy or whatever direction in the in the world. And the best you ever play is when you're like doing what you're supposed to do in life. And psychedelics have a big part of figuring that out. Mm. So have you like played shows where you're just like not well connected and that's just like completely different than, you know, when you're kind of riding that wave? Absolutely. I've played shows where I was like going through a major depression for about a year and I still played really well, but it was like a sad, like I played like my feelings out and I played a lot more bluesy and soulful. You can still play that well when you're like doing good and you're like in the zone, you're connected, but either way, you got to be feeling something deep to play really well. If you're just like, floating through life and you know that's when you just kind of play notes or get in your head and try to do a cool lick like and it doesn't sound cool like it has to just come from you have to be at a certain place in your life and to play like the way that I feel is actually like magical this reminds me of a statement like a lot of us think of ourselves 
as a drop in the ocean. But there's another way to think of it. It's like we're the entire ocean in a drop. One of the reasons I love improvisational music is like you have to get out of your own way. You can't just be this individual player trying to like be heard front and center. You have to really meld with the bands. And, you know, as someone on the inside looking out instead of us on the outside looking in, like, is that something you consciously orient yourselves to do to kind of get out of your own way and coalesce together? Or does that just like naturally happen based on how you play? Um, I think like for the great players, yeah, it's something that you're consciously doing, definitely. And I think for a lot of people that are in great bands, I think, even if they don't think about it like that, it's like the people who are consciously getting out of their own way and trying to tap into something higher that sort of give off the energy to the rest of the band to do that too. Like, you know, anytime you hear about a really great player, they, uh, they're the musicians who play with them always say they make everyone play better. Like they can't play as as well without that person. So I definitely think that's like super key to improvisational music. And while there's like times for, you know, just everyone trading solos and taking the spotlight, like, the true magic moments for me are when everyone is just listening to each other and that's when something spontaneous can happen that you don't plan out. And that's when even the musicians are like, holy shit, what's going on right now? And then you just try to stay in that moment and not lose it as long as you can. And it's beautiful to be a part of and to watch. Do you kind of take it upon yourself to be a leader, to step up and bring your band into those moments or or like how does the specific dynamic of electric orange peel you know click you guys into that magic that you're referring to i think that's definitely like my role in our band but usually when i get into that zone is when i hear someone else play something really cool that like inspires me to ride off them and then that's when that connection is kind of made and then everyone's interconnected. Once even like one or two of us do, everyone else is like, oh shit, what are they doing? Like, let's go, you know? Man, I love seeing Marco, his face when he's playing. Like, you you play a lick and he gets so into it and then you guys give him the solo and then Nate is out here just fucking busting down these bass lines. You guys have a new drummer, right? You, yeah. Would you care to kind of introduce him now? Yeah, for sure. It's Adam Hoffman. And I will just say he's one of the greatest musicians I've ever played with. He came to our first rehearsal already knowing our whole album all the way through perfectly. One run through of every song. And I was like, oh, shit. And yeah, like the first time we ever like did a out there jam was at Sacred Harvest up in Grand Rapids, Ohio. And I remember just seeing the look on his face like when we got into that moment that we're talking about and all being connected. And just seeing this like truly great musician who could play with anyone, like he got so stoked. He was smiling and you could just, his energy just lit up. And then that jam was like, to that point, I thought the best jam we ever played as a band. And I was like, all right, we got something special going again. Let's, let's make it happen. Cause losing Dylan was hard, you know? We still love each other, but Dylan put his heart and soul into the band and when he left, it was a big, like, what do we do now, you know? 
And then finding Adam was just like, oh my God, like, how could we get this lucky? You know, it's really cool. I can't wait to play with him today. Well, again, I feel lucky living in Columbus. Like, in Columbus, we've got a tight-knit little scene there. And the bands, you know, Electric Orange Peel, Bear Fuzz, now Conscious Pilots left Columbus. You know, bands like Gunk. But, like, we look to these bands as, like, the thing we do to release our stress. It's therapeutic. It's, like, cathartic. And I, I don't know if you actually think of it like this, but to be able to go see Electric Orange Peel shows, like, adds a lot of meaning to fans' lives. Like, especially with the lockdown, having no access to music and like our friend groups or anything like that. Like, do you feel a significance in your kind of role in our little culture? It means a lot, but you know, you forget it sometimes. But then you come here and I run into people all the time that are like, dude, your music is what got me and my girlfriend together and stuff like that. I'm just like, holy shit, like that's amazing. Like, I can't believe we mean that much to people. Awesome. So, like, I had seen Electric Orange Peel maybe, like, 15, 20 times in Columbus prior to my first summer camp in summer camp 2018. So I only knew you guys as the local band, but then I came here, and there was, like, three or 400 people at the campfire stage, like, just getting down. Like, yo, this is my favorite band. I'm from, like, state XYZ, and I'm so glad they're here. And it was like, whoa, like, wow, you guys really have been around. Oh, yeah. So this is, like, your seventh or eighth summer camp. So, like, this is only my third. Tell me about the tradition of summer camp. Like, we were just talking about Mo, the first Mo set. Like, as a festival in and of itself, like, what does summer camp just mean to you as Austin, a music fan, but then also to Electric Orange Peel? Uh, summer camp means absolutely everything. This is our, yeah, we played it every year since we've been a band. It's my favorite festival of all time by far. And, you know, I went here for the, the first time just as a patron and the next year I was playing it and I couldn't even believe it, you know, and being back here now is amazing. Like the vibes here are absolutely off the charts. I feel like this is going to be the best summer camp ever. And yeah, Mo, it's Mo's festival. So everything Mo does just has created this thing and it's fucking amazing to watch them play especially after rob like getting sick and coming back it's it's we're lucky we're very lucky to be here and, hell yeah. yeah super grateful i mean all bands draw influence from other bands and electric orange peel you've got a certain kind of sounds um you know definitely these bands like mo fish etc like Obviously, you can hear elements of that in your music. And I, I want to ask you kind of what specifically do you intend to draw from from other bands like your favorite bands? What about them do you hope is imbued into your music? Um, definitely a little bit of everything. Like I, I'm not one of those people that hears a band sound like another band and take that as a bad thing. I think it's beautiful, you know, and Obviously, we love Fish. Like, I've been chasing Trey's guitar tone my entire life. And I'm still, I get closer and closer every day. And, uh, yeah, man. Just, I love all the bands that I love. But there's parts of every band that I wish they did differently. So I basically try to take the good stuff that I love. And what, however I feel it should be a little different. I try to do that with our music, you know. Pretty much, yeah. My final question. So if there's anyone out there listening who hasn't 
yet heard Electric Orange Peel's music, you know, definitely check it out. But let's say, you know, your proverbial uncle or younger cousin, like, how would you describe Electric Orange Peel to them? Um, I don't even know. I would just say it's like psychedelic groove fusion. You know, we're, we're definitely a jam band, but we're in that realm of trying to tap into some psychedelic higher consciousness make people vibe out with us and uh we don't like to stick to any genre we're trying to be as diverse as we possibly can for better or worse you know if you like free form music that doesn't feel calculated it doesn't feel like overly structured but still can you know become a wave that fucking blows up into like a tsunami it's intense shit Austin shreds, you know, like you said, he's chasing Trey's tone. Uh, man, if you got a chance to check out Electric Orange Field, do it. Shout out to Summer Camp for making this interview possible for having Electric Orange Field. Seven, eight years, you know, I look forward to seeing you on the most stage as you guys continue to grow. And man, maybe we'll see an Austin Scrumshine sit in with Mo. What do you think? Oh, yeah. If the boys would have me, I'd love to be up there, baby. That's for sure. Well, this has been the Weird Music Podcast. Stay weird, y'all. Hell yeah. So here we are at Summer Camp Music Festival 2021 on the Weird Music Podcast with Bear Fuzz. We got Derek Petrucci here. Derek, man, I remember the Summer Camp Battle of the Bands 2019. That was probably the biggest Bear Fuzz show, the most on-fire Bear Fuzz show I had ever been to. And, you know, to see the trajectory of your band now and... You know, your set last night on the Illumination stage, people were getting down. My first question I want to ask you, what does this festival mean to to Bear Fuzz as a band? Oh, man, I this this festival means a lot to us as a band, to me personally, a lot as well. I mean, this was one of the the first festival I ever went to was Bonnaroo in 2016. And then I came here in 2017 and uh, just immediately fell in love with this place. I mean, I remember seeing like, Primus on the moonshine stage here and that was like a really big kind of moment of just being like wow there's so much you can do with visuals and production um the vibe here has always been the same I mean, when you like step foot here you're like okay i know exactly i'm i'm right back here in the same place um for us that show the the battle of the bands back in 2019 was a huge show i mean we really like pounded the pavement hard in terms of trying to get people out there and spread the word and everything like that and that was our first time really doing anything like that. And to see the reception we got that night and to kind of achieve that goal, you know, you set a goal and it's like, hey, well, let's get here. Here's what we need to do. And then to be able to go in there and have a great show. Uh, the room was electric that night, too. I mean, it was uh, that I still look back as, as that's definitely one of my favorite shows of ours. But now to be here uh, to play two sets this year, we'll play again on Sunday. is super cool. I mean, it just just to be a part of this festival. And hopefully for years to come, I, I love this place. I can't say enough good things about it. Anyone I talk to about it, say this is this is the best spot for sure. Yeah, like conversations last night, my, my man Chuck, who I'm camping with, is this, his first year here. He's like, okay, man, like I've been to Bonnaroo and, and this is like Bonnaroo, but it's way better. It's way more accessible. And, and the reason it's better is like Bonnaroo has a lot of pop music. And I feel like this is like the pinnacle for improvisational music. And it's super cool how... Like you mentioned, Primus, they have Mo, Umphreys, all these bands that are so acclaimed, but then also 
huge crowds for bands like Bear Fuzz that are still on the come up. So with that, I want to shift the conversation to improvisation. And, you know, we're improvising this interview right now. Why is it that improvisational music is what you and with Bear Fuzz have gravitated towards? Like, what does the improvisational element add to your band? It's it's funny. Uh, the improv piece was never even something that we discussed, really. When we started the bands, what we would do is basically just come over to my house and just play. We had no sort of direction. I would just start playing something or Adam would start playing something and we would just play for hours. And it's gotten to a point now where when I, when I see my favorite bands who improvise, there's something really cool that happens when if you know the songs well and you're, you're going to see a band and you say, okay, that song, all the parts of that song that I know that are released is over. This now is totally fresh and in the moment, the whole crowd can, can kind of lock into that and realize, Hey, what's happening right now is only happening here. You know what I mean? It's, because it's almost impossible to do something totally in the moment and then try to recreate it again. You know, if we listen to recordings that we do or something like that and then try to recreate it, yeah, you can get close, but you can't capture that same energy that you have in the moment. And the, the thing that I think is the most powerful thing about improving and improvisational music in a live setting is it's all about the set and setting. Here you get performances that you're not going to get anywhere else because of what the energy is at this place. Like the Moonshine stage is one of my favorite stages to see any kind of music on. And there's a crazy energy up there. I mean, something just happens on that stage. Something happens here. And it's different than what happens at a Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo also has its own magic, as, as does Resonance and all, and all the other festivals. But when you're improving and, and letting the moment take over and, and letting that kind of guide how you're going to go, uh, you just get these moments of of just magic, like, and that's really what it is. It, it is magic. I mean, I think if you look at the best improving bands throughout time, obviously you have like the Grateful Dead and Fish and all those like the the easy answers. All those people who are going to those shows, you don't go to three hundred shows to see the same show every time. You're going there because you know each time it's going to be a unique experience that's going to be incredibly special that you can kind of take with you from there. One thing I'm really curious about especially with bands who, who are so good at improvising, it's like to prepare to improvise is kind of a paradox because like improvising is, you know, I'll let you kind of put it into terms, but it, it's unstructured, it's uncalculated. So in a bare fuzz practice or before you go on stage at summer camp, like maybe there, it is unspoken, but what do you think it is that you guys do that allow you to be great improvisers? I think... So our practices really kind of follow a really similar um, uh, layout every time. I mean, we always pretty much open with some sort of open jam, um, whether it's an exercise where we're kind of listening to each person and kind of going in a circle, whether it's just totally open and whatever happens, happens. I think for shows, we do try to um, lay things out where it'll be, okay, this jam will go this way or we'll key change into this song and, and set up segues and stuff like that uh one thing that i really like and, and we've been kind of pushing ourselves towards is having sets that really don't stop just continuously playing and, and setting them up so that all the songs can go in and out of each other i love that yeah and i and i think that um another big thing too is kind of like the talking aspect of it you know it's like going and playing a song and then talking for two minutes and then playing another song you you get out of what the actual vibe of the show is so i think as as much as you're able to 
continue that trajectory, uh, it's, it's just all the more powerful that way because everyone kind of just gets worked up into a frenzy that way, including us. Um, our practices really, I mean, aren't anything exceptional. I think like in terms of, um, you know, musical ability and everything like that, I'm sure there's, there's, you know, more talented bands or whatever. I think what we try to shoot for is just like an organic feel that whatever's coming out is natural. It's organic. It's, we try to be really rhythmically tight, but also really relaxed as well. Um, that's what I think allows us to be able to, to hit some, some really cool things. Yeah, like, there's there's this one band I like. I'm not going to name them. And after every one of their songs, they're like, yeah, so we're this band. And, man, I'm glad you guys are having fun. All right, we're about to go into this next tune. And, and I feel like the whole room, like, sit back on their heels when that happens. Yeah, it can suck the energy out of a room. Uh, and I have nothing against people who do it. I think there's that, that's part of a show as well. Um, I really think it's if you have an hour hour's worth of time to play, for us, that's, like, not that much. You know, we're like, man, I want, we want more. So if we have an hour's worth of time, I want like 58 or 59 minutes of that to be music. You know, maybe stop somewhere in the middle for, for us to take a break, for everyone else to take a break. But after that, just keep it rolling. Just keep like keep the party going. Let people continue to have fun, continue to dance, and kind of just provide that space for it. So for anyone out there who doesn't know, Derek also dabbles in some electronic production. I think Hype Leak, yeah. you call it. Uh, I know you're a big like, Tipper fan. Tipper will be playing this yeah. weekend. Um, I think it'd be cool to talk to you. Like, does music like Tipper at all influence you as a drummer and Barefoot as a band? Like, what kind of connections are drawn between that? A hundred percent. I mean, that electronic music is is not my first love, but certainly was one of the first things that really, really clicked for me. And I think Tipper specifically and his whole kind of crew that's, that's associated with them. There's artists like Jade Cicada and Detox Unit and and all these guys who they're they have so much emphasis on percussion they have so much emphasis on tight drums and really just kind of experimental sounds that i mean a lot of the times when i play if i'm not just doing regular practice like rudiments and stuff i'll play to electronic music and try to bring in elements of how those drums are to our stuff which i think kind of provides an opportunity for us to appeal to that crowd a little bit um I think there's there's kind of like the prototypical electronic buildup where, you know, it's like boom, 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 boom. And like when people are able to expect what's going to come next, they like that. You know what I mean? If, if they know that, hey, here's this is building up, this is building up, it's about to, you know, like drop or whatever it is. I think it's it, it provides kind of an opportunity for everyone to get on the same page. And that's why I think electronic music does really well is it's easy to follow it's 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 simple in a lot of ways obviously there's a lot of complex stuff going on but it is at the end of the day you know pretty simple drum patterns and you know bass noises that just are cool sounding so i think it it, it definitely influences me a lot i'm very influenced by uh, like heavy metal was really the first uh music genre that i got very interested in and that was probably the first thing that really clicked for me um, and i try to incorporate some of that kind of stuff as well like double bass patterns and stuff like that that can just kind of bring the intensity of things up a little bit so what do you think it is about the live music experience whether it's you know just people coming together or the tension and release like you mentioned build up and then how that you know segues into a resolution that you know it can it can almost feel euphoric but it's it's still kind of a mystery and 
I'm curious to hear from you. Why do you think it is that the live music experience can be just so profound? I think uh, I've thought about this a lot because it's so weird. I mean, if you just kind of look at it from a third person point of view, if you're in you know, an airplane or something go above some of this, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, what is this? I think, a, I think a big aspect of it is you have a lot of people, sometimes thousands or tens of thousands of people that are all on the same page. You know, it's like, if you think about something like sports or something like that, which can capture a similar kind of excitement and energy, there's two different sides to it. There's like, you're cheering for this team, you're cheering for this team. In this space, everyone's cheering for the same thing. You're all there for the same goal, which is to have a great time, to see like some of your favorite artists. And I think that when you have that many people collectively on a similar wavelength, that's when some really powerful shit can open up. You know, everyone's thinking about the same thing. We're all thinking about the music. You're with your friends. There's like the, the energy just kind of takes over. And I think um, it's something you can only get in person. You know, I, I think last year when everything was shut down and there was live streams and stuff like that it was cool it was a great placeholder you know to, to be able to get that but there's nothing like a live concert like there's especially if it's a live concert that puts emphasis on improving and having stuff happen in the moment because everyone's getting excited by the same thing you know the crowd's getting excited by the same thing that the band is sometimes you can tell a band's like what the f- what's going on right now like it, they, they turn into vehicles for something super powerful um it, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of unexplainable. You know, it's, it's something we've done as long as humans have been around. We've played music and made noises and stuff like that and danced. And there's something very, uh, like, primal about it. I think it really cuts into people at their, at their deepest core in a lot of ways. I like how you said that. That's a fucking awesome answer. Like, vehicles for something much greater, you know, that, that makes me want to ask this next question just about music in general. You know, it's... It's existed before politics. It's existed before the Yankees versus Red Sox, the Ohio State versus Michigan. And, you know, my first thought when I say that is like, how in the hell did music even get born, like created? And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to answer that. People like to talk about like, oh, the birds and the wind are music. But to make this a little more concrete, like, do you see music as something inherently spiritual and you know, if so, why, why would you describe it as that? I, I certainly do. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a spiritual person in general. Like I I really try to connect with that side of things. Um, I think it's because it all really comes down to vibrations. I mean, and vibrations are, you know, if you think about like in meditation or whatever, it's like the, um, like that is a vibration that is kind of, that runs through the, through the world and through all people. I think the same thing happens with, with music. You're, you're making these vibrations that hit your hit your body in certain ways, hit your ears in certain ways. And I think it just opens up that door to the other side where, you know, if you're sitting in a silent room, only so many things can really happen. If you're, if you're listening to music, it can take you to different places emotionally. It can take you to different places spiritually. I mean, I think about so many times when I've been at a, a concert or a festival or something, and I'll have these realizations about just my life, like, man, why am I fucking up in this area? Or like, why am I doing this? And it can be extremely therapeutic. And I think that it opens up that, that other door to allow you, it it makes people vulnerable. I think, Mm. you know, it it puts you in like a, almost like a childlike state. Um, And when you're able to not worry about being judged or, you know, not worry about like, Oh man, you can just kind of be in your head and 
and, and work through things like that. Um, I mean, I, I think it would be great if, if everybody in the world was able to go to live music and, and have those kinds of experiences because it is, it's therapy in a lot of ways. You know, you come out of something like this, obviously you're tired, you know, and, and obviously falling out from every, everything else that happens here, but you do feel refreshed. You get that rejuvenation and you're like, man, okay, things are all right. Like things are, things are okay. I love that you said vulnerable too, because I, I feel like being an improvis improvisational musician, it's, it's one of the most vulnerable things you could do. Yeah. Like imagine like there's like thousands of people here at summer camp, you know, hanging on every note and you guys don't even know what the next four bars are. You're like, you're no. totally hanging in the wind there. I'm terrified at all times that I'm going to just fuck something up. Uh, it's like, well, it's, especially if things are really like, you know, getting to a peak, I start feeling so anxious. I'm like, I am going to ruin this. Like I'm going to fuck something up and everyone's going to stop dancing and be like, what, what just happened? Um, but that's like the excitement of it. That's, that's the rust that you get when you do pull off performances. Like you see happen here. It's just like, Holy shit, man, that was on the spot. How's that even possible? And I, I think that vulnerability, just like putting it all out there, it's risky. I think that's also part of the reason, like you just said, it's so exhilarating as yeah. a band to know that and to see it happen in real time in this one way where it'll never happen that way again. Yeah. So going even deeper down this, as an improvisational musician, like do things that pertain to, you know, staying more true to the improv, to being a better improviser, do those things bleed over into other aspects of life? Do they help you in any way? Like, are there any, you know, I guess points you could draw into being a better person from the, the scope of just being a better musician? That's a, that's a really good question, man. I think, yes, I think there is. I, I think there is kind of that go with the flow mentality that comes with, with improving. Um, I don't know if I consciously think about how that affects like daily life. Um, but I, I'm, I'm such a person who can get so in my own head and get so ahead of myself. And, you know, you, you go in these, these thought holes where it's like, man, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with this? And you start freaking out and, making yourself, you know, anxious or, or, you know, on edge. And I think like what this kind of brings you back to is, dude, just go with it. It's okay. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like if you're able to just stay in the moment and I think maybe that's the biggest thing about this whole thing is that it puts people in the moment. It puts people in the present moment. Um, you can, you can flutter away from that for a little bit and think about this or that, but if you're able to just kind of take a breath and just be like, Hey, I'm thinking right now, like stop thinking, let's just enjoy this. Um, I think it really does give you that tool to be able to, to take advantage of that. And I think that a lot of issues I have and people have and everything is we just are so out of that present moment. You know, you're always so worried about everything else. Um, being able to just dial into that one moment, it, it gives you an opportunity to just decompress. You know what I mean? You can just just take it in. And I, and I think with music, at least with us, you know, I look forward to our practices so much because it's an opportunity for me to just kind of, escape like daily life you know what i mean it's just like okay we're just playing music like we're just having fun you know and that's that's really just what it comes back to and how cool is that when you like all five of you guys you let go and, and you alluded to it earlier like this thing greater than any one of us just kind of takes over dude it's, it's magic i mean it really is magical and it's funny too because i think about my all my friends essentially every single like good friend that i have is through music either meeting them at festivals, uh, you know, connecting about a band or something like that. I mean, I look at the people that surround me, I'm like, man, this is all through music. And like that, when music stopped, I, you know, last year, I was like, holy shit, like, what do I do? 
I was like, I don't know what to do right now. I don't like to go out to like bars or, you know, I, I like to just go be around people who like music because I think that there's this, this thing gathers up a ton of just misfits. It's people that come from all walks of life. A lot of people who come from, you know, like past, like maybe traumatic experiences or whatever, like something, something in the music resonates with them. And I think you find a lot of like-minded people here who are just cool to just do their thing and let you do their thing. And I think that's, that's really, really cool. There's gotta be a certain like life experience that has to happen to click someone into that state of vulnerability, like letting that, that voice in our head kind of not have so much weight and to really just let go and give in to where like, I feel like the normal person born in America is way like dominated by that voice in their head. Yeah. So, so this whole, everything we're talking about now almost kind of runs counter to that perspective and it's really cool to see that you say misfits but like everyone fits in really well here there's thousands of people it's It's like a culmination of of these like-minded individuals it's like a weird backwards fucked up just like perfect kind of family it's weird you know it's you you meet these people who you know one of my favorite things is just running around and just meeting new people here and figuring out, okay, where are they from? What's your story? Like, how'd you get into this stuff? Who, who, are the, who are the bands that you like? And everyone's just so different, you know? But but there's that commonality that runs through everybody because this is why we're all in the same place. And that's that's really cool to, to meet people who are about that. It's awesome. And you mentioned, like, you know, the great lockdown. <laughs> and uh, shit, man, that was tough for all of us. And with music being something so therapeutic, like... The looks on the faces of the Bear Fuzz show, how healing that is, and how really, like, these shows are, are a centerpiece of our lives that give it true meaning. Like, with that being said, what does it mean to you to have your kind of role in this community to be the musician? I, I love it, man. I, I'm super grateful for it. It's, I mean, when I started coming to festivals and things like that, I mean, Bonnaroo was really the place where I had just kind of a, a big aha moment of, I want to fucking do this. You know, like this is, I love what's happening here. I love what this is making happen. Um, and that really sparked a big, uh, just piece of it. Like just, just inspiration in general. I mean, it's being able to, you know, hopefully at, at some point, like sustain yourself on this. And cause I'm not worried about making a ton of money. I don't really give a shit about that. I want to be able to do this and survive on it, you know, and being able to play a role in that, the entertainment aspect of it, where, you know, not only am I able to come here and enjoy as a, as just a total fan of, of everybody, but also to be able to add to the experience, you know, uh, maybe somebody has a, a great time on our set. Like, that's fucking awesome. I mean, we, I, I it makes me feel um, like I kind of deserve to be here. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it, you do. Yeah. It's like we, we, uh, you know, we did our, we did our work, we did our part here, um, you know, and, and that, that feels really good. Um, I think I would love to get more involved in other aspects of, of this space, um, you know, festival planning and, and, and everything like that. Um, I really love what's going on in Columbus with what fest that's, I came out of that weekend, incredibly inspired. I'd shout out to all those guys, Ryan Dude. and all them, those guys. Are, Yo, I, I want to second that, like that, what festival, Holy shit. What an amazing thing. That's, that's something that I've known Ryan for, for a good amount of time. Ryan McKee, uh, who we're talking about, he runs what music and arts festival. Um, 
I've known him for a long time. And what I've always just examined at those things is these, these, either it's the festival or events they put on, whatever are so well curated and they're so good at setting up this, this just vibe. And I was uh, coming out of that week. I was like, man, I want to try to do this too. Like I want to try to set up something like this as well. And cause I think the more of those you have, the better, you know? Uh, but to, to circle back to your initial question, um, it's, it's definitely an honor, man. I mean, it's, it's, I always look at our name on a bill with somebody like a tipper or a ween or whoever it is. And even though it's so far away from their names, it's just cool that I can have that piece of paper for, you know, when I'm 60 years old and look at that and just be like, yeah, dude, we were, we were in there. We were doing it. You know, I save all of our set lists. I do. I have journal entries from every show we've ever played. Mm. Um, you know, I have all my concert tickets and I'll, I'll keep the festival wristbands and everything. Like I love to save that stuff because, um, you know, you never know when this, when, when you're not going to be able to do this. So being at a point right now, being young, being able to, uh, make the connections that we have and everything, I'm just super grateful for it, man. I, I, I couldn't be any more excited about it and, and just very thankful for everyone who's helped us get to where we are now. And, um, you know, I think we have a great crew of people behind us and like continue to continue to do it. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about summer camp is they do have all these artists, not just eight to 20 headliners and midliners and, you know, those people have to start start somewhere. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. And it's like bottling time. You know, I can't imagine what the summer camp lineup is going to look like in 2028. Uh-huh. Summer camp is also one of the greatest, my favorite companies in the world. Yeah. Like it is, this is a staple of my life. I think the first interview I ever did was at summer yeah. camp. And like you mentioned, but like a lot of my greatest friends I've met at events like summer camp. Well, and something's what I've uh, kind of been thinking a lot too is something certainly is happening in terms of um, maybe not this year or five years down the line, but there's certainly a changing of, of the guard happening in the scene. Um, I think a lot of the, the big hitters in the scene right now, the Humphreys, Bose, and all those bands, they really you know came up during that like kind of late 90s, early 2000s, and they've been doing this thing for a long time. Widespread Panic, Cheese, all those bands have kind of been the kings of this for a long time, and I think, um, not that I don't want those bands to keep playing forever, because I do, I love all those bands. Um, but at some point, the next kind of crop of those bands has to pop up. Um, and I think we're I think we're seeing it right now. I think there's some bands that are emerging that you can tell they have a really bright future ahead. Um, I hope that we can get in there, too. But it, it is cool, though. I, I love meeting these new bands. Um, you know, I think a really cool uh, set that I caught yesterday was Pushing Daisies Band. They're from Indianapolis, I believe. Um, that's a band that we just like connected with online because we play a lot of the same places and everything as them. They sound fucking awesome. You know, it's, you have really cool bands coming out and I think this scene is in, in really, really good hands moving forward. I'm curious as someone who, you know, you're involved in music business, you have your own band. What are, what are some consistencies, some common themes of, you know, musically and then also non-musically that these bands, the widespread pants, the Umphreys, the Mo, et cetera, what, what do they do right? And like, how do you think you can, you know, yes, make it your own, but also model after them to kind of, as, as you are paving your own path? Um, I think it's mainly two things. I think first off, it's the organization. They have such good teams behind them and, and so many good people involved that help move the whole thing along. I mean, putting on a show like 
a string cheese show or something like that. It takes so much work. There's so many people involved in that. And so they have that piece locked in. Um, I guess there's three parts. I think the other part is they got out and just did it. They just played tons of shows everywhere, nonstop for years, and built that grassroots following of people who had seen them live. Um, I think those are two pieces of it. And then two, it's just, you have to have the music aspect of it too. People have to connect with their music. And those bands, um, you know, if you look at really those, those bands right now, they all have something very unique, but oddly similar as well. They mm. can they can play totally different types of music. Cheese is more on that bluegrass side. Moe's more on like the psychedelic rock side. Humphreys is more that progressive rock, technical stuff. Um, you know, you have a band like Fish, who, I mean, you listen to any band playing at this festival right now, you're going to hear an element of Fish in it. Um, they have unique music. They have an insane work ethic, and they have everything organized. Um, to a point where they're able to pull off huge events and, and, and do those things. I love it. I love it. Well, we're here at Summer Camp 2021. This has been a fantastic interview with the great Derek Petrucci oh, and Barefoot. Right. And I can't wait to see how far these guys go. I've probably been at 25, 30, maybe 35 probably, Barefoot shows. Probably, dude. You've been in the tunnel. Man, and the most recent ones I've been at are increasingly, they're, they, they were great, and they're getting even better. And I'm so, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't heard Bear Fuzz, yes, listen to them on Spotify, but catch them live. Catch them live. And man, I, such great answers here. Oh yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for making this happen. As my, my final question, man, Bear Fuzz aside, just Derek, as a fan, you know, spiritually speaking, what, what does a weekend like this mean to you? Everything everything especially after not being able to do this last year uh this means everything man. i mean just like seeing friends that i haven't seen in a long time coming out here with the bands having those connections i mean this is I, I live for this i mean there's this is the the most uh the most meaningful thing to me and to be able to participate in it and play in it is an absolute honor and i'm i'm just I'm excited for the future, man. I, I think there's there's a lot of crazy shit going on right now. And, you know, we've worked through it and now, you know, whatever. But I'm I, I'm incredibly grateful. This fills me every time with optimism and energy and inspiration every time. So, I mean, I love this place. Um, shout out to all the people who put this thing on because it's, it's fucking beautiful. And I can't wait to hopefully be a part of it for, for years to come. Hell yeah. Well, this has been Bear Fuzz on Hell the Weird yeah, Music Podcast. Listen this far, man. Woman. Well, <laughs> Much love. Thank you for listening. Shout out to the sponsor, SEM Tickets. We love y'all. We'll see you real soon. And I want to give one more big shout out to Ohio's own Sacred Harvest Music Festival. Octave Cat with Eli from Dopapod. Jesse from Lotus. Cheesecake with Hauser and Chucky Love, Bacano, Sub T. We'll be there the last weekend of September and hope to see you there as well. Much love, y'all.